Turn with me to Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. The title of the message today is Partnering with God. Partnering with God. Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Paul is writing to the church at Philippi and he says, I thank my God in all of my remembrance of you, always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Verse 5. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. For I, verse 6, am confident of this very thing. That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, help as we study your word. Four things in this passage about which I'd like to speak with you. Philippi's participation in the gospel. What it produced in Paul. What it prompted in Paul. And then what it persuaded Paul to say. Philippi was arguably Paul's favorite church. Now, you're not supposed to have favorites with your kids. And I'm not going to ascribe something to Paul that would be unbiblical, i.e., a, a, a Jacob moment with Joseph. Not so good. The other brothers really didn't appreciate it. But there is no question that the tone that he, with which he writes to the church at Philippi is very different than the tone with which he writes to the church at Corinth. And that he only had to write one letter to Philippi and three to Corinth. Mm-hmm. Eh, now maybe he liked them both the same. But one made him more happy than another. And you can love every one of your kids the same. But some of them can make you more happy than, than others. And there's nothing wrong with that. They don't cause you as many problems. You don't have to get on your knees as often and cry and supplicate with God saying, please help because I've done all I can. They are now yours. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. That was like Corinth. And these letters were long to Corinth. He had never been, Paul, to Rome, but he had to write a really long letter to Rome adjusting and correcting things. There are very few things in the letter to the church at Philippi that have a corrective note. Most of them are encouraging. He does give some warnings, say, watch out for this. There's some people among you who want to do this. Be careful of those who believe that it's important for you to get your works to be those that commend you before God. Uh, I, above all, being a Jew of Jews, Hebrew of Hebrews, Pharisee of Pharisees, nobody more compliant with the law. I should be the one who should brag about my accomplishment before God, but I place them on the rubbish heap of life realizing that they mean nothing. And the only thing that really matters is what he has done for me, not what I have done for him. Be careful of those people who want to really stroke you with respect to your accomplishments. That's about the only warning he gives. Everything else is, you're amazing. I love you. You're great. And he starts off with this. I have a lot of joy when I think about you. And it's not because they didn't have issues. Every church has issues. It's because they began to partner with God in the cause of the gospel unusually. And during this time, this is is going to be a message of encouragement to you. During this time, like, wow. As I've said before, I don't know when I've been so proud of a congregation. Boy, you are stepping up. Thousands of you are stepping up. If you can't, give the resources because you lost your job. By the way, if you lost your job, there's one coming. Remember, Jesus hadn't, hadn't forgot about you. 
Simply because somebody else can't have the resources, doesn't have the resources to pay you, doesn't mean that he doesn't. He's trying to figure out how to get you in a better spot than you were before. This isn't a downward move. This is a promotion. You just haven't entered into it yet. God's about to do something special for you. And though you may not have the resources necessary right now to be able to contribute, you're writing notes to people in retirement communities. You're praying and asking God to do something that's really amazing in the community. Like an awakening beyond just providing resources naturally. You're saying, God, Holy Spirit, do something whereby our community is changed forever. Where people are now more in tune with you. They aren't just seeking the things of the world any longer. They're now seeking what's most important to your heart. Created an awakening in our community. You're praying like that. Church, it's the unusual thing now. When you find somebody who identifies with Grace Covenant that is not trying to do something beyond themselves. And I want you to know that participation does not go unnoticed before God. It surely doesn't go unnoticed before me. I want you to know I'm proud of you. Good job. And as a result, you are my favorite church in that without apology. Oh, I have to govern a lot of congregations in the every nation world. I'm not in them every day, but as a North American director, I've got responsibilities beyond just here. And then I've got friends that are outside of the every nation world who ask for my input on a regular basis about what needs to be done, and I carry them in my heart. But there is nobody, nobody I care about more than you. And I want you to know I'm proud of you. And there's something coming down the pike for your benefit that would not be coming down the pike near as fast had you not participated in the gospel of God. In view, Paul says, of your participation, from the start to now, I want you to know I got some feelings about that, he says. Now, he says, from the start to now, the church of Philippi started in 49 AD. He's writing the letter in 62 AD. That's 13 years. Paul says, you started and you haven't stopped while, while I'm still writing this letter. And this was not a rich church. In fact, in chapter 4, Paul talks about how they have given in such a way that it was extraordinary. And then he, he references, or he doesn't reference, but there is a reference in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 to the church at Corinth that had resources. And Paul uses the church at Philippi. They're giving as an example of how the church at Corinth needs to give. And he says, out of their great poverty to the church at Corinth, relating to the church at, at Philippi, referencing them, out of their great poverty, the church at Philippi, they gave the resources even beyond that which they, they really could do. An outstanding church. And they, they, they did, it, did it from the beginning, and they hadn't stopped. I realize there are moments in time where the extraordinary needs to be done, where we need to ante up and kick in because this need is really unusual. But there ought to be something consistent about your view of how your resources ought to be used for the gospel. I'm hoping that, that this is just kind of an entry way into how you need to consider your resources to be used for the gospel on a regular basis, that you don't stop 
that you start here, if, you're, if you haven't given on a regular basis, if you've never tithed, if you've never offered, if you've never given consistently to God, this would be the start of it, and you wouldn't stop. And you realize, you know, God gave me these resources, and other people don't have them, and he gave them to me so that I might distribute them and help other people. And if I do that, it seems that God keeps filling my basket as I give out. That I create room. All I'm doing is creating room for him to give me more. Why? Because there are very few people who partner with him. Very few. Most folks simply tip him. They don't partner. They thank him every once in a while for what he's done. They give him a, you know. (laughs) My son was delivering pizzas from Marco's Pizza. I'm sorry for the commercial. And as he was delivering pizzas... Three weeks ago, he finally stopped because of the COVID thing. But he was making more money in tips than he was in his hourly. I said, bro, how much you bring home? He said, "Mm, well, three figures today. I said, tips? Working five hours of delivering pizzas? I said, what are people giving you? One guy gave me a 20. I said, do they need more drivers? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Gave you a 20 for a $12 pizza? Yeah, Dad. They all think I'm real courageous. (laughs) My point is, when people get really kind of in tune with how good God has been to them, they'll tip them really big. And they think they've done something. They think they have really contributed. When the requirement is tithing, (laughs) not tipping. I'm hoping that this becomes a regular partnership. Beyond just the tithe, because the tithe is God's. That's not ours. That's what, that's what he is deserving of. Malachi chapter 3, last book in the Old Testament. That's what he is supposed to get from you. What we're doing in our benevolence offering is above that. That's the stuff we get to contribute. And as we make room by distributing that which he's given up, make room in our little, our little basket, our bank account, we're making room by removing stuff from it, by giving it, distributing it. God then says, oh, there's room to give now. And he gives more. And he's the God who says, I see what you're doing with that. You're being a good steward. There are very few people who are. And so I know I can trust you with the resources on the planet. So I'm going to distribute. I'm going to begin to channel more to you so that you can give more. This is what our God does. When you partner with him, they, they, they did so from the beginning until now. 13 straight years, and there's no evidence that they were going to stop. And as a result of that, Paul says, boy, when I think about you, I have good memories. You don't know how many good memories you're making out there with people. And don't don't diminish the emphasis that is needed to begin relationships that might start with a good memory. There are a lot of people out there that didn't have whatever they have this week because of you. And now they have a good memory of Grace Covenant. They have a good memory of you. That retirement community has a really good memory of that small group that is associated with this congregation. And listen to me. It is not important to me at all that anybody remembers me or this church's name. What is important is that the fingerprint of God is left. I want them to remember Jesus. I want them to remember Jesus. 
and you represent him on the planet. And so a good, good memory of who he is is being generated by you to them. Who are these people who love him so much? We, we are deflectors. That's all we are. Anytime somebody begins to say thank you to us, we say, mm, I know what I used to be. It really is God who enabled me. He gave me the resources to be able to do this. So it's not really me, it's him. I realize he used my hands, my feet, but I give all the credit to him. All the glory goes to him. We want them to know him. We want him to be a good memory to them. Paul says, when I think about you, wow, I have some really fond thoughts. And something else is produced on the inside of me. It's, 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 it's like... It's like I, 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 I got this, this thanksgiving that just overflows. It's not just good thoughts. It's, I'm, 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 I didn't know where my kids were going to get food today, and uh, I want you to know how grateful I am. Paul expressed gratefulness to the church at Philippi because of their d- distribution, their, their giving attitude. Now, what I'm talking about is Paul's reaction to the church at Philippi. But please, do not just relegate the idea that Paul had this kind of response uh, as a human being without thinking about he's he's speaking as an apostle, as somebody who is a governor in the church, representing the authority of God on the planet, meaning that when he's talking like this, it's as if God is speaking through him. It's not just that he is grateful for their participation. It's God is saying, I want you to know that what you have done impresses me. I have been, I have good thoughts concerning you. I want you to know that I feel wonderful about your participation. All Paul is doing is being a channel of the words of God to the church at Philippi. And all I am doing today, especially today, but all the time, it's my hope that I am just being a channel of God's word to you. And as I speak about how proud I am of your distribution, of your giving, of your sacrificial nature, it doesn't come just because Brett thinks so. It comes because I am being an oracle of the Almighty to let you know how grateful he is for you having a heart for the community beyond your own stuff. Now, I don't, I don't know why in the world God would ever be impressed with anything we do. I don't know why he would ever express appreciation for anything we do. But he does. You get the churches over in the book of, of Revelation. Sardis, Thyatira, Ephesus. He, he says to the church in Ephesus, I know your deeds are good. He's impressed with what they're doing. And, and he gives correction to most of the churches there, but he commends them. And, and they believe all we're doing is what we're supposed to do. We're just servants. But God has the disposition of knowing how important it is for us to, to receive encouragement. He's not just somebody who's a taskmaster. And, and, and saying, it's your responsibility. Get it done. He actually, anthropomorphically, meaning identifying with the way we express ourselves so that he can be seen by us and heard by us best, he actually presents himself as if he's like us and saying, thank you, that's great, I'm going to reward you for that. I don't know why he does it because we're only doing what we're supposed to do and we don't even do that very well. 
We don't do that very well. But yet he says, I'm going to give you rewards for that. There is appreciation that God gives to people. There is acknowledgement that God gives to people, commendation that God gives to people, rewards that are, that are enjoyed eternally. What did Jesus say? Don't store up for yourselves treasure on heaven where moth and rust can destroy. It doesn't mean you shouldn't have a bank account. That's not what he's saying. He's saying don't trust in it. He says don't, don't, don't rely on that too much, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Really? That I give here allows me to have some bank account there? Wow. I don't know why he does it, but that's how he loves. And he wants you to know that you're creating good memories. And he's grateful. Paul then says, you prompted me to do some things. You prompted me to pray. <laughs> there are a lot of people that prompt me to pray. <laughs> I got a lot of reason to pray for a lot of people. And I'm not mad about it. I, I'm not disturbed. People are struggling. People are trying to figure out how to do right. People are trying to figure out how to do less wrong. Some people are just doing wrong. At whatever level on the scale you are, I am praying and believing that you're going to be better than you are. And so I'm prompted to pray for a lot of reasons. But few and far are the people that prompt me to pray because I'm happy. Paul says, your response has prompted me to talk to God and I do it with joy. Joy. That's what you do. You bring joy to my heart. I lift my hands and say, Lord, thank you for giving me the opportunity to pastor the greatest congregation on the planet. I'm not trying to compare stat for stat. I'm just talking about how I feel in my soul. There's no way for us, or would it be proper, for me to say this church is better than that church. I'm just talking about how I feel about you. Thank you, oh God. Thank you. And I get happy. And as I've said many times before, the goal of my life is to bring a smile to the face of God. I'm not just trying to get by to make sure I don't make him mad. I'm not just trying to figure out how I can stay out of hell. I'm not just trying to figure out how I can stay away from the consequences of my, my misdeeds trying to figure out what can I do to make you happy today? What can I do today to make you happy? Not just the ultimate well done when I get to glory, but in this 24, what can I do to make a smile come to your face? I've said this before. <clears throat> my son Grant was 14. I was taking a nap on the couch on my day off, and he decided it was a really good idea to run the vacuum during my nap. Okay, okay, a little bit disturbed was I. But that my 14-year-old son was running the vacuum was strange. That's not what 14-year-olds do. So I got up and I was not disturbed, but I was inquiring. I looked at him and I said, what? What are you doing? He said, uh, I'm vacuuming. I said, hey, stupid, I can figure that out. But what are you doing? He said, well, I thought I'd help Mama out. I, I looked at him, 
like I just looked at you, I gave him one of those long, uncomfortable hugs, where, hugs whereby he said, Dad, you can stop now. I said, uh-uh, I ain't done. And a smile came to my face. I said, you get it. I didn't have to tell you to do that. You just, you just thought about it. Mama didn't tell you to do that. Most Christians are just trying to figure out how they can obey what God said. And they're not even doing a very good job of that. Very few are trying, are, are trying to do what he didn't say. <laughs> My son brought me joy because he was going beyond the minimum. The church at Philippi had given so much beyond the minimum that every time Paul began to think about praying for them, all he could do was smile. And it, it was a reflection of how God thought about the church at Philippi. That was a prompt. And then lastly, he was persuaded. He said, because of this, I'm persuaded of some things. I am confident of some things. That he who began a good work in you won't stop until he's done. Now, I don't think because he said this to the church at Philippi, and this is the only church to whom he said this, I don't think because he only said it to the church of Philippi that it couldn't happen to the other churches. But I think the operative word there is confidence. God's standard operating procedure is to finish what he starts. That's, that's his goal. The only reason it might not finish to the degree that he thought about when he thought about starting you is because of you. If he doesn't make what Brett ought to be at the end of Brett's life and accomplish everything in Brett's life that should have been accomplished, it wasn't because he blew it. It's because Brett did not comply. There is a confidence that comes that we all need to develop and embrace. And that confidence comes as a result of us participating with the gospel. You want to know that you're going to get to the end well? Start now partnering with God in the areas that he says are really important and even going beyond them. And there will be a confidence in your soul that regardless of the circumstance, it does not matter what begins to assault your purpose begins to try to divert you from the direction in which you are supposed to go. It does not matter. You wake up with a confidence every day that I know I'm going to finish well because I partnered with my God. Now, there are some people who wonder because they haven't partnered. I don't know what the end's going to be. I don't know if I'm really going to get to the place where I need to be. I'm trying every day. I, you know, I just don't know. Partnering gives you the confidence. It doesn't mean God won't do it. It just means you wake up every day understanding that he is. And that's a beautiful thing I've got. I've got that. And it has little to do with my efforts. It has a lot to do with his promise. And in 1981, I got right with him. He gave me the opportunity to be called his son. And since that time, I have not gotten off the road and I've only accelerated 
as I've gone forward. All of that by his grace. But it gives me confidence every day to know where I'm going to spend my eternity, how he's going to bless my life, how he's going to bless my children, how he's going to continue the covenant through my wife and I to generations beyond me, how he's going to bless this church, how he's going to use us as a conduit of his goodwill to the community. I wake up every day confident that what he started in 1982 here, he's going to finish. That's why I can wake up every day thinking, God, if I live long enough, you're going to help us win this city. I just got to stay on the road. You, it, 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 I, I, hopefully I can be a whole lot like Paul. You know, they, 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 they tried to kill him a bunch of times, and I think they accomplished it once. Well, history says twice. But when, can, when you can accomplish killing somebody twice, that says a lot about the person you've killed. I'm just saying. <laughs> he was in Lystra, preached the gospel, and people stoned him for it. Now, I, there are very few executions that don't accomplish their goal. People put a person up against the wall. There's a firing squad there. Generally, they hit the mark. You put some lethal in, in stuff in somebody's arm on a, on a table, mm, they don't wake up. You tie a noose around somebody's neck, execution, eh. Guillotines are really effective. Stoning was the method. And generally, you accomplish the goal. They stoned him. The disciples thought he was dead to such a degree, it says, that they took him outside the city to bury him. When they got him outside the city, Paul got up. <coughs> Whew, that was rough. And then the courage of this man, he went back into the city. Who does that? I mean, he's an amazing human being. My point is, he wasn't done yet. He couldn't die. He could not die. He wasn't done yet. I got a lot left to do. God's already done more than I ever thought he could. But I don't think he's done yet. And it gives me confidence every day that I wake up, that he who began something on the inside of me is going to finish it. Partnering with him gives me that confidence that he's got my back he's walking on my side with me he's in front of me opening doors closing those through through which I do not need to go protecting me from that which would harm me he's my shield he's my bulwark he's my fortress I hide under the shadow of his wings I do not have to be concerned about this virus because God is going to protect me and mine he's going to protect this house I have confidence why? Because I partnered with him from the first day until now. If this is your first day, don't let it stop. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I love you. I'm asking for your goodness and grace, please, to help us be what we ought to be to a community that knows you not. If there's anybody who has yet to give their heart to Christ, here's a great opportunity. Maybe you've done that before, but you've fallen away from the faith and now you want to come home. Here's a great opportunity. If you fit in either of those categories, just, just click the little box there in the chat. It says, raise my hand. And I want to pray for you and lead you 
to the knowledge of the truth so that you can begin your partnership with God to help the world be better and what it means to be called by his name, his son or daughter, initiated in the family, born all over again. You've been born of Adam. That didn't work out so well. Now you need to be born of God. Secures you for an eternal home in glory. Saves you from your own misdeeds, mistakes. Forgives you from everything you've ever done. And puts you on a path for restoration to become that which he thought about when he thought about creating you. That's what salvation is. If you want in this thing, pray this prayer with me. Say, Father in heaven, forgive me. I am sorry for the way I've lived. I choose to turn away from everything I know to be sin and to follow you with all of my heart. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. And thank you for giving me the privilege of calling Jesus the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, there's a little box there in the chat that says connect with us. Check that and somebody will help you fulfill the commitment that you've made. That's all. We're not trying to, to stalk you. We're just trying to help you. You can also text GCC to 25827 and put new life in there. And somebody will help you understand <clears throat> what it means to embrace this new life and to live it well. Thank you for your decision. And church again, thank you for being who you are. You are outstanding.